Wrestling Contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. What is going on, peeps? Welcome to episode 114 of the Fretzelmania podcast. Rabid rapping. I am the North American treasure. Mr. Fretz, and today I am covering SmackDown from April 17th, 2003. We are on the road to Backlash, which is potentially coming next week. Depends on the work schedule and whatnot, folks. We are well into the month of May, one of my favorite times of the year, because the NHL playoffs are still going, and my Toronto Maple Leafs have finally gone to the second round for the first time in 19 years. Baseball is well underway. Let's go Blue Jays. And the weather is getting better, except it might snow tonight. Because Canada, folks. So sit back, relax, get a nice drink ready, and join me on this ruthless journey through SmackDown. First... Grab that remote control, change the channel, because we are going grapple surfing through Monday Night Raw, TNA, and Velocity. First up, Monday Night Raw. This week, Monday Night Raw, from April 14th, 2003, was from the Richmond Coliseum in Richmond, Virginia. Picking off the show, we had Chris... Jericho defeating Test. Jazz and Victoria, with Steven Richards, beat the team of Ivory and Trish Stratus. Kane and Rob Van Dam, team high as hell, retained the World Tag Team Championships over the ex-champions, Chief Morley and Lance Storm. Goldust beat Christian by DQ, and in the main event, Booker T and the Hurricane beat Ric Flair and Triple H, and if Booker Booker's team wins, he gets a title shot next week on Raw. We get a WrestleMania 19 rematch this close to Backlash. Will there be shenanigans? Probably. Meanwhile, at the Fairgrounds Coliseum in Nashville, Tennessee, we have TNA pay-per-view number 40. Now, I'm going to be reviewing the one-year anniversary of TNA that is coming up uh, not long from now. And I have a special guest lined up for that show. If you want to know who that is, go listen to my review of the first-ever TNA pay-per-view, and you'll get your answer. On the dark matches, we have Eric Watts pinning Antonio Bank. And that name should ring a bell to some of you uh, hardcore wrestling nerds here like myself. Because Antonio Banks is none other than the future 
Montel Vontavious Porter. That's right. MVP. The Naturals, Chase Stevens and Andy Douglas, beat Derek King and Jason B. And Sonny Siaki pinned Delizio, not the pizzas that you can almost no longer buy in Canada. Um, what are Delizio's? Um, DiGiorno. That's the American version of it, right? Yeah. And Chris Harris pinned B.J. Payne. On the main show, Raven pinned D.L.O. Brown. Glenn Gilberti pinned A.J. Stuck. Disco Inferno beat AJ Styles, what? Oh, in a no-DQ street fight, so there was probably shenanigans. X-Division champion Kid Cash beat above-average Mike Sanders. Mike Awesome beat Perry Saturn by disqualification. David Young pinned James Storm. Okay, so the losing streak doesn't quite start here. The Disciples of the New Church, Brian Lee and Slash, pinned New Jack and the Sandman in a no-DQ match. There's a lot of no-DQ matches on here. Russo, of course. Russo was booking at this point in time. The team of Jerry Lynn and the Amazing Red pinned Triple X, Elix Skipper and Christopher Daniels, to capture the tag team titles. Okay, I do remember this feud. Very short-lived little bit between Jerry Lynn, the Amazing Red, and Triple X. This is right before that America's Most Wanted feud with that. I mean, my God, that steel cage. If you know, you know. And in the... This is the main event? Julio De Niro and Alexis Lurie. That, of course, is Mickey James. Pinned Jeff Jarrett in a Clockwork Orange House of Fun handicap match. Oh, man, I am so ready to do some TNA. I might go and do more than the first anniversary <laughs> of TNA. I hope you're ready for that one, folks. And now, of course, everyone's favorite show, Velocity, on April 19th, taped just before this episode of SmackDown. Of course, Team Angle defeated... Hang on, let, let me clean the fog off my glasses. Los Chihuahuas, number one and number two. And no, I am not even bothering going to see who these two were. Bill DeMont beat some guy. Crash Holly, making his triumphant return to Velocity, beat Funaki. And in the main event, Rhino defeated Who Better Than Canyon? Unfortunately, on that night, Rano, Rhino was better than Canyon. R.I.P. Now, finally, we got SmackDown April 17th, 2003 from the Nor Norfolk Scope in Norfolk, Virginia. We see a recap of the Backlash number one contenders tournament thus far and the finals tonight between Chris Benoit and John Cena. Kicking off this episode is Rey Mysterio and Tajiri versus The Big Show in A-Train. And Taz made uh, kind of a very cutting remark to The Big Show, saying, we got bigger than last week, Paul. 
And then uh, Michael Cole decides to do a little bit of a Steiner math or wrestle math, if you will, at this point in time. So show train here are at a combined weight of 850 pounds. Tajiri and Rey Mysterio were at a combined 381 pounds, so that's just a little heavier than A-Train himself, leaving us with approximately uh, almost a 500-pound weight difference, say about 400 and something, I don't know. Don't make me do math. I almost failed the subject in school. Thank God for calculators. And then Taz says to Colo, Thank you, Rain Man! Or I forgot who was doing the math and whoever said the remark about Rain Man. But it was funny. Don't know what Rain Man is. Dustin Hoffman, early 90s. Look it up. And this here is what we call domination. And I can't finish the lyrics to Ezekiel Jackson's theme song. But this matches what we call domination. A-Train presses Rey Mysterio, which he counters into a into a dropkick. And then Tajiri lands a basement dropkick for a one count. On A-Train. A one count. That's the power of the A-Train, man. Chew, chew. And then both of the lads here are taking turns trying to take down A-Train's knees. But then he responds with a double clothesline. A 619 is more like 619. As the Big Show boots Mysterio in the midst of it. Big Show hits a bunch of power spots, including a gigantic beal. A-Train takes Rey Mysterio to Backbreaker Avenue, and a young Roddy Strong, who is about to debut in Ring of Honor, is taking notes about Backbreakers. A-Train then puts Rey Mysterio in this really sick-looking, full Nelson gory special kind of combination, and while he's being held up in that position, Big Show reaches from the turnbuckle and just chops Rey Right in the chest, friggin' skillet-sized hands there. I've shaken the Big Show's hand. They're like ten of mine. That dude is freaking massive. And then with that position being held, A-Train just drops to his knees, and that looked like Ray just crumbled into a pile of dust. It's like an inverted version of the train wreck. That could be his finisher. I mean, that was almost the widow's peak without the um the neck breaker part, but man, that that looked heinous. That looked like it really really hurt. Uh and then finally Rey Mysterio gets a hot tag on to Tadgers. He has a handspring elbow, and I take a note here that the aim train did not fall back, but he stumbled into the corner after this move. We see a buzzsaw kick, which the Big Show makes the save for. And then Big Show lifts up Rey Mysterio with one hand. A one-hand press slam. I don't care how big you are. Rey Mysterio is like a buck seventy-five, a buck eighty. Big Show's 450, 500 pounds. You're lifting a human being up, an adult human being up with one hand. That's impressive. That's good shit. 
And then finally, we have a bicycle kick onto Dajiri for the win. And then we have some post-match shenanigans. I noticed the sign on the crowd here. I wrote down a couple of them. I friggin' love wrestling signs, especially now with all the nerdy video game ones like Remaster Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VIII isn't that bad. It actually isn't, folks. I tried to bring in a couple to AEW Toronto. On one side, I wrote down Remaster Minish Cap. Unfortunately, on the other side, it said Jungle Boy sucks, and I got that sign taken away. So, whatever. Minish Cap is now on Nintendo Switch Online anyways. I also had Remake Blades of Steel, and if you know, you know that game is the GOAT among hockey games. But I lost it by the time the main event of Dark Elevation came on. Anyway, Kajiri missed the A-Train. Big Show is very pissed about this. And then he gets a... The Big Show gets a 619 and falls on his bum on the ringside. <laughs> he fell on his arse! Backstage, Big Show screams at A-Train about falling on his arse. They were laughing at me. I'm a giant. You don't laugh at a giant. Big Show, literally three years ago, you dressed up as Shokishi, the showster, and Scottish stereotypes. We've already laughed at you. He then demands a match with uh, this half-height freak, Rey Mysterio. And A-Train is understandably upset with the big show. It's like, you know, dude, what's your problem? We won. Nobody laughs at the big show. Oh, honey. Oh, honey, just wait. Uh, we are some seven years away from New Year's baby big show. And I apologize for putting that image back in your head, but also uh, Aki Bono, WrestleMania 21. And excuse me a minute. In the ring, we have a Brock Lesnar promo. No, really, I mean it. Like, Brock Lesnar is not actually bad on the mic at this point in time. Paul Heyman's been coaching him since he was in OVW for a reason. So, they continue to show the Shooting Star Press. And Michael Cole, you know, asks him, you know, what were you thinking? And he says, Brock, why would I attempt that? I mean, it was five long months since I lost the heavyweight championship. I had to bring the pain because I knew that Kurt would too. He kicked out of two F5s. I mean, they hurt. You believe me, right, Cole? You don't want to believe me? Do you, do you want to know if they hurt? I believe Michael Cole would actually figure that out eventually. Did Brock Lesnar F5 Michael Cole? I have a feeling that he F5 Michael Cole. Brock said that because he kicked out of those two F5s that he had to do something not ordinary. Hurt, you took me to a new level. And I respect the hell out of you for that. Brock is then interrupted by John Cena. 
this is a historic moment. I believe this is the first time they've faced off. If if not, I'm pretty sure that Brock may have squashed him at some point in the past. And I probably reviewed it, but I'm so forgetful that I forgot that my shoes are still on in the house because what kind of monster still wears the shoes in their house? Cena says that he uh, calls Brock Lesnar a liar. He says that he watched that shooting star press footage like 400 times. And he says, Brock, you didn't get a concussion. You need a brain to get a concussion. <laughs> Rapper doc gif. Oh, by the way, John Cena is wearing old school Denver Nuggets attire. Respect there, although hashtag we the North. Cena says WrestleMania is over. You're the next big thing? Nah. We gotta focus on the new big thing. To you, I'm probably nothing more than a vanilla ice wannabe. There's a change in the air, Brock. He then starts talking about backlash, about how he is bigger than Brock, bigger than these people, and bigger than the title. Out comes Chris Benoit, and John Cena here is intentionally overlooking his opponent tonight, the Rabid Wolverine. Cena was talking about respect or disrespect with Brock Lesnar, and Benoit says, you have any idea what respect means? Before you even think, about Brock Lesnar, think about going through me, the Wolverine, the best damn technical wrestler in the WWE. Nobody, not even me, is bigger than the title. You respect the title, even if you don't respect the person that holds it. Brock Lesnar just glares at Benoit, takes a second look. It's like, hey, Chris. Are you saying you don't respect me? Brock, don't put words in, in my mouth. I didn't say that I don't respect you. That is unless you don't respect me. John Cena here is left out, wanting some attention like the middle child. Hey, but he had shown me some respect. And then they both stare at him. I'm thinking we're going to get a two-on-one here. We're going to get a handicap match, and John Cena's going to bail. But Brock Lesnar shakes Benoit's hand, and that allows John Cena to cheap shot Benoit and hightail it out of the ring. We are building towards quite the match here, and uh, that's the main event scene for SmackDown. That's quite the main event scene. you got John Cena, who's on the up and up, Chris Benoit, who has had countless attempts at the world title, and the new champion, Benoit. SmackDown 6 is turning into like the SmackDown 7, 8, 9, whatever. We're in for a treat. Coming up next is Eddie Guerrero versus Jamie Noble. And I'm wondering if we ever got this in WCW. I think 3 Count came along around the time the Radicals jumped ship the WWE so I don't think we ever got this match this might be a first time ever we didn't see this promo because it was cut from the network but commentary alludes 
to Mr. America. Oh, my Lord in heaven, no. No, no. So before this match starts, uh, Team Angle comes out to scout their opponents for Backlash. Shelton grabs the mic and begins talking in stereotypical Latino with the really aggressive accent talking about, oh, we respect you, let's say. Grandma Guerrero is the best housekeeper money can buy. Get it? Because she's basically Consuela. We need more lemon pledge. Can't you bring that from home? No. No. So this allows Jamie Noble to Pearl Harbor Eddie Guerrero. This match is on. Jamie Noble hits a really nice pump handle T-bone overhead suplex. Just mwah, chef's kiss. C'est magnifique. Eddie responds with a back suplex of his own. And Eddie Guerrero is going to the top rope. Nidia grabs Eddie's ankles. She gets kicked off. And still, it allows Eddie to frog splash Jamie for the quick win. And then Los Guerreros cut a promo afterwards about uh, Team Angle, making a bunch of gay jokes, saying that, hey, we respect you taking each other down. The rumor is that you go down on each other and give new meaning to the term you suck. Get it? Because gay joke. And right now, folks, I am going to take a quick commercial break. When I come back, we got Piper's Pit. We got the finals of the number one contenders tournament and so much more. Stay tuned. How's it going, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager and host of Kings of the Rings podcast. And it's time to kick it a little old school and go back in time with the Fretzelmania podcast exclusively here on WrestleAddict Radio The Cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back, folks. I'd like to remind you that this podcast is available on WrestleAddict Radio. Say it with me, kids. The Cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Check out our merch on Spring. Link will be in the description in this podcast. I got some fresh new merch. I got a new revamped logo. I also brought in my classic Mr. Fretz logo from way back in the day. We got t-shirts, hoodies, swim shorts, basketball shorts, joggers, sports bras, ladies, coffee mugs, travel mugs, beer steins, so you can have a beer with Mr. Fretz without having the benefit of me being there in person. We have all those things featuring the rest of us in the War family with my good brother, Nate, the effing great, the Brace for Impact collection, the Mr. YLP collection, for all you young lions and young cubs and the kings of the rings collection willie t vk murphy and king ricky rose the general manager of war get our merch join our discord join our patreon right here on wrestleatic radio
Piper's Hit is coming up next. And we see a match booked for a backlash between Sean O'Hare and Rikishi. Piper grabs the mic and says, I hear you chanting my name and I respect you. He then calls out the uh, Howard fans who are writing on computers who don't have to own up to anything. Man, Piper is calling out Twitter 20 years before Twitter. Well, or like 10 years before Twitter because I've been on it since 2012. Shut up, frets. He replays Jimmy Stuka from 1984. This episode of Piper's Pit took place a month after I was born. And even watching it then made me feel ancient. Watching it today... Made me have to take a Tylenol. He says that Piper's Pit is about making friends. We see Rikishi was blindsided by O'Hare. Piper says that he's been looking for the uh, the wrestler of the millennium. With all the brain and the brawn and the cojones. And I'm here. Actually, I should mention here that Sean O'Hare comes out to the ring next. And he says... I'm here for one reason only. Not to kiss your ass, but I'm here for business. Piper, you're a winner. I want to learn from a mind that is more evil than my own. I'm not telling you what you don't already know. Little Sean O'Hare catchphrase here, Taps Brain. And then we hear the theme song... Of Jimmy Murderfly Snuka, murderer piece of shit. Rada, there is a problem here. And Roddy Piper then turns to O'Hare and says, Let me show you the evil that I can do. I got a problem with you too. And then he goes on, Piper just goes on this tangent about, you know, I don't need air, food, water. I am self-contained. Speaking of water... Hydrate yourselves, kids. Piper says that he's the best of all time and that he's going to extend his hand in friendship. I am the bigger man. Let us bury the coconut. I mean, hack it. Piper tries to cheap shot Jimmy in the handshake here because uh, Jimmy was too smart for this somehow. And stop. Piper. O'Hare comes in with the cheap shot, and Rikishi comes in here with the save, and commentary talks about him being Nuka's nephew. And I actually dug a little bit into this. It turns out that uh, the murder fly was related to the Anoa'i family through marriage, so he married someone in the family. I, cu I couldn't get anything really concrete, but yeah. So, sure, they're family members, Kind of. O'Hare with a super kick, and then Rikishi challenges Piper to a match next week on SmackDown. Oh boy. Next here, we get a recap of Corey's Playboy autograph session. Is, is that awkward? That's awkward. It's like, hey, I just wanked to your naked form. Can you sign the magazine near the sticky spot? And shake the hand that I just touched myself with? No, that's weird. That's weird. 
That's really, really weird. And we get another match in the feud that never ends between Tori and Nydia. Uh, Tori has uh, the Playboy Bunny on her gear. Sable becomes the referee for some reason, and then Tori wins with her Tornado DDT. Jamie Noble tries to interfere, and Sable basement dropkicks Jamie Noble. And then she wins. And then there's still some weird sexual tension between Sable and Tori because they were both posed nude and playboy. Yeah, this is kind of weird, folks. I'm going to be honest. Our next contest is for the Cruiserweight Championship between Matt Hardy, version 1, and Brian Kendrick. Today's Matt Facts are Matt really digs his new book, and Matt's favorite sushi is freshwater eel. And tonight's SmackDown is brought to you by Taco Bell. And around this time in 2003 was the last time I had Taco Bell. I do not need to tell you why. Tobacco is wacko if you're a teen, and Dynasty Warriors 4 for the PS2. That game is awesome. That inspired a couple of very underrated Switch ports of Hyrule Warriors, a Legend of Zelda Dynasty Warriors spinoff, which is just, I mean, come on, it's Link. It's the characters from Legend of Zelda in Dynasty Warriors. How can you not like that? Also... The sequel to it, The Age of Calamity, is a prequel to Breath of the Wild. Speaking of Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom comes out next week, and you might not hear from me for months as a result, because I am going to play that game until my eyes bleed. Brian Kendrick would, of course, go on to win this title 14 years or so, after this match, and he is trying to put away Matt Hardy early here. He is running the ropes, trying to do like a running drop kick or running clothesline onto Matt, but then he suicide dives Shannon Moore, gets back in the ring as a house of fire, misses a missile drop kick, lands a snake eyes. No, Matt Hardy, I'm sorry, lands a snake eyes. Kendrick flips out of a splash mountain bomb in a really, in a really impressive spot we'd see some kind of tornado ddt or tornado flatliner by kendrick the slice spread number two is denied the doctor teeth by kendrick that is kind of a neck breaker inverted knee face buster kind of move kind of an ushi garoshi uh, the slice spread is once again denied and just like that out of nowhere quick twist of fate and Still, Cruiserweight Champion, Matt Hardy, version 1. And this match was just quick. It was concise. They packed a lot of stuff into it. And it wound up being very good. It wound up being one of my favorite matches, TV matches at least, of 2003 so far. And this match here, it gave me really big... Owen Hart and 123 Kid vibes from King of the Ring 1994. If you don't remember that match, go back and watch it. It's only about five minutes long because, you know, the kid is selling an injury that he suffered earlier in the night. Owen Hart takes full advantage of him, but 123 Kid is just going spot, 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 bang, 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 bang. And then Owen Hart doing the same thing and sharpshooter tap out just like that 
you get the right two people in there, they can pack that in just like a pack of sardines. It was, and it was so good. I have to watch this match again. Backstage, the FBI hype up Nunzio. Something about uh, paisans, uh, capiche, uh, stereotype, pizza, eggplant parm. We see a advertisement for Divas Desert Heat, and I do believe that the R.A. Era podcast actually reviewed this, so go listen to uh, Michael Ragg and uh, Dave Burnham just shred this, this DVD. Uh, the APA are at an army base in Arlington, something something troops. And we lead into the next match between Nunzio and the Colossus of Bago Road, Nathan Jones. We see a sign in the crowd. WWE needs Aki. Who's Aki? I'm going to respond with dig diggity, dig diggity dog. You know, you know who Aki is. Jones hits a crescent kick and lifts up Nunzio in this double-handed choke, and the FBI immediately cut in here and try to take the big man down. Nathan Jones hits a gut-wrench suplex on Stamboli, goes out to ringside, and eats a jungle kick by Chuck Palumbo. They then triple-team the big man and do the uh, ring-steps-knee-smash spot where they smush your buddy's knee in between the two ring steps, and Jones is sent packing back to OVW. Now on to the main event. John Cena, Chris Benoit, number one contender at Backlash. Let's go. John Cena comes to the ring here with his rap. Says, don't ever tell me who I can and can't respect. You'll be back in surgery with another broken neck. If you ever go broke, you can rent the space between your teeth. He calls Chris Benoit a Dynamite Kid ripoff. Something about tying strings to acorns to let his nuts hang. Yeah, okay. Sometimes John Cena hits gold with these raps. Sometimes they're just... Nah, man. Nah. Benoit takes John Cena to Suplex City, previewing... The very same thing that will happen to him at the hands of Brock Lesnar some 19 years from now. And this is a great technical back and forth match with a lot of hope spots, a lot of fit with a lot of finisher attempts. Until finally, Chris Benoit misses the flying headbutt, goes for the crossface. John Cena gets out of it. John Cena goes for an FU, but Benoit also gets out of that. Benoit goes for a sunset flip, and then Cena just sits on him, a la British Bulldog Bret Hart, SummerSlam 92. John Cena wins. He out-wrestled the wrestler. No cheap shots, no brass knucks, no chain gang, no chair shots, no FU. Just out-wrestling the guy. I'll take it. That that was fun. That was a great way to end SmackDown and a great bump on the road to Backlash. That'll wrap up this week's episode of Fretzelmania, folks. Thank you so much for listening. You, of course, can follow me on all my social medias at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E-Media. 
Be sure to catch all of us on WrestleLot Radio. Say it with me, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Race for Impact every Tuesday with good brother Nate, the effing great, giving us our Impact Wrestling Fix. Streaming every Wednesday nights is the Kings of the Rings podcast. King Ricky Rose, Willie T, sometimes K Murphy, sometimes a special guest. And also, what better way to kick off your weekend in proper YLP fashion with the young Lions perspective. Till next time, go Leafs go, and keep your stick on the ice.